the new covenant is promised in the old. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. We've seen in our study of Hebrews that the early system of laws and priests and animal sacrifices doesn't work. It doesn't bring us into fellowship with our Maker. It only reminds us that we're sinners. Something better had to be coming, and it was. If you want documentation for this upgrade to God's agreement, you'll find it in the pages of the Old Covenant. Here's Jim. I remember when this passage helped me to get beyond the fact that heaven isn't a place where I sit on a cloud and drink sweet iced tea and have angels fan my brow. Heaven isn't a place of just golden streets. Heaven isn't just a place with shiny thrones. There are real substantive things going on right now in heaven. There are real living beings in heaven. There are cherubim. There are archangels. There are seraphim. There are living creatures. Heaven is a very busy place. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, Jesus said. That means there are many beings there. There's lots, lots, of, lots of things going on in heaven. Now when you read the book of Revelation, look for those, those clues where the, the angel comes out of the sanctuary. Remember that? And the smoke, the smoke fills the sanctuary. Remember that? Just go back and read Revelation again and capture those pictures that John saw as he watched in heaven things take place in the real world. I'm always amused when people talk about Monday I've got to go back out to the real world. No, that's not the real world. Heaven is the real world. And that's why Paul was very comfortable in saying, you, you, you set your desires on things above, not things on the earth. That's permanent. No thieves there, no rust, no corruption. You vest in heaven. That's real. And then Peter comes along and says, our inheritance is incorruptible. It's undefiled. It's kept, restored or reserved for you in heaven, those are terms meant to say that heaven is the best bank anywhere. I mean, and if you were in heaven tonight, with all the activities, all the things going on, all of the people that are there, all of the creatures, all of that, the central focus of all of heaven is the throne. And on the throne, there is a living being we call him Father. Jesus called him Father. And he doesn't have a physical body. But on his right hand at the throne there, we recognize him. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Okay? So that's where Jesus is. And now we read that uh, verse 16, but Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry, that is a superior ministry to what was going on over there in the, in the temple with the Levites. Jesus has now obtained, that means he has been given, he has won. He went hand-to-hand -hand combat with the adversary Satan, stripped him of his power, crushed him in defeat. He won. He won. And it was a real battle. He obtained this honor that he now has. 
We read earlier, God said, I am going to make you, I am going to ordain you, I am going to establish you, the high priest, in a system of worship, praise, sacrifice, forgiveness, which transcends everything in the universe. Okay, he obtained that. He won. That's what that means. Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry to everything going on down here on the earth in the temple. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been legally enacted on better promises. Whoa, wait a minute. Superior ministry, better covenant based upon better promises. Now the writer is going to unpack those three things. He has given us three latitudes or three superlatives, three manifestations, three identities of Jesus in his ministry now that make him transcendent, not just above the temple over there, not just above the, the, the high priest and all the ministries, not just above blood sacrifices, but above all that because his ministry is based upon a new covenant. The old covenant disqualified him. He couldn't be a Levitical priest. He was born of Judah. The old covenant disqualified his claim to the throne because in the old covenant, kings could not be priests. So God scrapped that covenant. I'm talking about the law of Moses. I'm talking about the law of the first five books of the Old Testament. I'm talking about the law that God gave through Moses to the people of Israel as they came out of Egypt and headed for the promised land. I'm talking about that covenant, that document, that document. God annulled or set that aside and put a new covenant, a new constitution in place. That's why you have an Old Testament in your Bible and a New Testament. The New Testament is designed to tell you how God now works in terms of dealing with sinners and building up his sons, and by that I mean sons and daughters, into becoming like Jesus Christ. Well, let's read on. Oh, one other thing. This new covenant is based upon better promises. What's that mean? <laughs> well, here's a simple illustration that'll help you remember. Back at Sinai, back here, Mount Sinai, uh, God spoke to Moses and through Moses' the people, and he said, will you obey these laws? And what did they say? We will, we will, we will. Remember that? Yes. So the effectiveness of that covenant was based upon the promise that we, the people, we will do righteousness. We will obey the laws. We will stay in relationship with you, God. See, that's the promise. That's the foundation of that covenant back there. Thank God he put a subfloor in that whole agreement, which looked forward and anticipated a Messiah, one who would come who would keep all the promises perfect. But the, the way the law, Levitical system, the Ten Commandments and all that, the way that all was to function was, we will, 
We will. And what happened? We can't. We can't. Now what do we do? Well, that's why I give you the tabernacle. The law said do and live. They said we don't, can't. If it's based upon our self-perfection, we can't measure up God. So we're under death. Then go over to the tabernacle and through the blood of bulls and goats learn the lessons of substitute. And in those, anticipate the coming of the promised one, the Lamb of God, where the wood is sin. Okay? Now, that's the old covenant. Based upon what promise? We will, we will, we will. <laughs> what's, the, what's the better promise? I did. I did. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah, the better promise is, Father, I will go. I will live. I will keep your perfect commandment. I will die as a substitute. I will then take my body back to the grave. And the father said, well, son, at that point, I'm going to get in that action too. I'm, I, I want to get in on that deal. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus was raised by the power of the Spirit through the will of God. It's amazing. So you have the whole trinity involved in that resurrection. And you really have the whole trinity involved in, in the crucifixion. Jesus is the prime actor, but the Father and the Spirit are very active involved. And we'll run into that in just a minute. Point is, this new covenant, Jesus has got a ministry now. He's a high priest in a ministry in heaven in the real tabernacle that flows out of, as defined by a new covenant and that new covenant defines the rules of how God now will deal with man through the finished work of Christ. And at the foundation of that, of that new covenant are better promises. I did. I did. Nevertheless, not my will, thine be done. That sealed the deal. Okay, that's... Uh, <laughs> somebody... Give me a gun and let me take a shot at that clock up there. It's actually racing tonight. Look with verse 7. Verse 7. Now watch. If that first covenant, that's Moses, Sinai, law, if that first covenant had been flawless, no opportunity would have been sought for a second one. Now flawless there means, doesn't mean that the, that the law was not good. The law is good, Paul said that. The problem with the law wasn't the law, the problem was the sinful nature of man. In other words, we could, we could paraphrase that by saying, for if that first covenant had had a way of dealing with man's sin nature, then no opportunity would have been sought for a second one. But here we go. God, finding fault with his people, said, and we have this lengthy quote, lengthy quote. This is, the, this is God speaking to his prophet in the Old Testament, announcing back there in the Old Testament times that at a future date, he's going to install a new covenant, a new testament. Watch. Look, God says, the days are coming, they're future when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Does that sound a little Jewish to you? Should. Absolutely must. Jesus came into the world through a Jewish womb. 
We don't have to be apologetic for that, and we certainly don't want to ignore that. That was God's plan. So that same group of people, descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, they're the ones with whom this covenant will be made, this new covenant. Watch. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. It'll be similar to that, not the same. Radically different, but similar. Because they did not continue in my covenant, I disregarded them. He didn't disown them. He disregarded them. He placed them under discipline. He scattered them throughout the Gentile nations, and they've been there for almost 2,000 years. That was God's work, and he claimed it. God is not embarrassed. Say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I brought the Romans in. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who did that. Why did you do that? Well, he says right here, they did not continue in my covenant. They violated all the laws of the land. And so to use another expression God uses back there in the days of Joshua, God vomited them out. Vomited them out. Kind of like what Jesus said he would like to do with that church at Laodicea. Kind of like the same idea. But he didn't disown them, and God didn't break his covenant. I disregarded them, says the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Under the new deal, I will put my laws not on tablets of stone. I will write my laws or put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. That's called the new birth. That's what Jesus was talking about in John 3 with Nicodemus. That's what that is, the new birth. Actually being born into the family of God so that God makes you a new person. He writes his laws. He writes, he grafts his, um, his laws into their minds. He writes them on their hearts. It's an internal inscription. We would say it, I think, this way. Instead of putting his laws over here on rocks of stone and pieces of paper, God, by the Holy Spirit who came at Pentecost, God in the new covenant writes those laws on the heart and in the minds of those who choose to follow Jesus Christ. They are born again. They become new preacher. In other words, God's laws are inside, and the Spirit of God is given to in not to internalize, but to intentionalize those laws into habits, into actions, into decisions through us. So the new covenant doesn't operate on a bunch of external laws. Even the Bible, even the Bible is the guidebook through which the Spirit of God who lives within us initiates, quickens, convinces of sin, corrects our decisions, causes us to grow up, mature, and become like Jesus. 
the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those good things. That's just a verbal picture of Jesus. But you see, God isn't working in the new covenant on the basis of something that's over there on a mountain uh, uh, made of stone and operated by Levites and, and animal, animal sacrifices. No more. No. In the new covenant, God will actually establish his laws, putting them into their minds, and will write them on their hearts. I will be their God immediately, and they will be my people. Now, how effective is this process of internalization in the new covenant? Look at verse 11. Each person will not teach his fellow citizen and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. What's that mean? Well, it's kind of like 1 John chapter 2, where, where John writes and he says, uh, you know, I don't, you don't need a teacher. You already, remember that passage? You don't. You do? You don't. Look it up. First John chapter 2, where John, John's right in. He says, you, you, don't, you don't need a teacher. You already have somebody inside of you who's teaching you. The Holy Spirit is, is teaching you. If I'm your teacher, you got problems. But if God can take a lump of clay, like he did the jackass, and provoke you to listen to the Spirit of God whose textbook is the Bible. And you listen to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will energize that and you will be transformed. You'll really become different. Old things will pass away, all things will become new. How does that happen? It happens because in the New Covenant, God deals directly with individuals and when they receive his son, he comes in in the person of the Holy Spirit and he quickens them and gives them life and gives them the sin and takes up his residence in their lives. And intuitively, 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 he takes the message of this book and uses it to transform them to become like the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's, hold your finger here, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Or chapter 2, which is it? Where, it? where Paul says, you know, God has written in your hearts. You are living epistles. Remember that passage? You are living epistles. Chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4. Oh, there it is. Yeah. He, he, talk, he talks about, you go back and read it. And, and it says that God has written in the fleshly tablets of your heart. He, he has internalized, by the power of his spirit, he's, he's internalized truth inside of you. And the spirit of God takes that raw material that you hear, that you study, as you pray, and he energizes it and enables it to become transforming you. And you become a new person. Over there, it was all external, physical, animals, other people. The new covenant works internally. And then his final promise, verse 12, he says, and I will be merciful to the wrongdoing. That's washing feet. I will wash their feet. Now understand that picture. When you're saved, as Jesus told Peter, you get a total bath. You're born again. The Spirit of God comes to all within. As you walk through dusty trails, you make some mistakes, you're going to make some bad decisions. Does that mean you lose your salvation? No, Peter, you don't need to have another bath. What it means is you need to have your feet 
cleansed. And that's what I'm illustrating in washing the feet, cleansing from defilement. And that's what God's saying here. I will be merciful to the wrong, to the wrongdoing. I will never again remember their sins. See that? Rat. By saying a new covenant, when God said a new covenant, he declared that the first, the law under Moses, is old. And what is old and aging is about to disappear. Amen and amen. Next week, we'll take a closer look at how this all works. Three things to take with you. Jesus is in heaven. His finished work is being applied to individual believers and to contracts God has with nations. He's come back. He's not done. He's coming back. While he's there, he is busy keeping us cleansed on the basis of the new covenant where the work is finished because of what Jesus did and where that work, the benefits of that work are applied to us. And thirdly, that's an eternal covenant. It'll never get old. It'll never get rusty. It'll never be replaced. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for making us citizens of the kingdom of God, citizens of heaven. Thank you for the tremendous incredible experience of the new birth. Thank you for the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. We, we don't always give him the kind of credit and kind of thanks that he deserves. Thank you for the sufficiency and the eternal, the eternal duration of this new covenant. Thank you, Father in heaven, for the phenomenal promises of what's yet to take place as you finish applying the finished work of Jesus and the excellencies of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the problems of the world, to the wars of the nations, to the challenges of the demonic host. And someday you'll create a whole new heaven and a whole new earth where those standards of Jesus will be as natural to us as breathing. Bless my friends. Draw us deeply into your word. Help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're planting your flag on the Tanakh, the Old Testament, you have to acknowledge that it came with an expiration notice. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That's Old Testament too. Today we heard the close of Jim's sermon, Jesus and the New Covenant. We offer this talk to you on CD for a gift of $7 or more. And we make this series available for an offering of $66 or more. It's a 19 CD set known as God's Ultimatum, Volume 1. Stand by for ordering info. Year-end can be challenging for ministries like Right Start. There are so many other needs for people to look after during the Christmas season. But your support is essential just as it is the rest of the year. We're praying that God will speak to some faithful people who will propel this ministry into 2024. And we won't put you on a mailing list or an email list when you give. This is a no-spam zone. Thanks for your help. Please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085 USA or call during business hours 1-800-984-2313 That's 800-984-2313 
And find us on the internet at rightstartradio.org. There you can bring the radio show to you every day by subscribing to our podcast. We'll show you how to connect, or you can play or download complete sermons by Pastor Jim, or play the radio programs from our site. Email us, support us, learn about the CD offers, and more, all at rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. From inside the Old Covenant, God promised a new one, and he said it would have three distinct benefits. Let's talk about it on tomorrow's Right Start. Thank you.